This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from BetSided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them, it's over. Lamar Jackson, I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for sure at this point in the season. Early leans, best bets, props, parlays. If you can bet it, we've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the numbers, they have the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go. I think they're going to have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number one seed. And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallet. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important thing? Breakfast family. I thought you meant the things you need. What's good, everybody? Welcome into Bet and Breakfast on a Saturday morning. I'm Donald Smoot. Got the homie Reed Wallach with me today. We're going to be going through a lot. There's a lot of stuff happening in the, in the sports world. We have seven game sevens over the next 42 hours. We have five in hockey, two in the NBA. We're going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk about the NBA stuff that happened last night. Right. We have a couple teams going on to the conference finals already. We're waiting for those matchups. So it's, we have a jam packed show. We have a jam packed sports weekend. Read what's going on, man. Nothing, nothing. Uh, like you said, two best words in sports. It's like the most cliche thing, uh, game seven. But I mean, it's going to be sick. I feel like second round game sevens hit a little bit different because there's still a lot, like the volume is still there from like a first round series, but they're more intense. There's more on the line. You're trying to obviously go to the conference finals in the NBA. And then these playoff series in hockey, I mean, five game sevens, can't really ask for much more, you know, the intensity, obviously. And yeah, I want to hear, though, we're going to get into a little bit, but your thoughts on the NHL playoffs and all that, because I know you and Ian got, you know, rookie in the vet going. So I want to hear how that's going to pan out after round one. Yeah, so... Ian and I had so we honestly kind of agreed on a couple of them. I would say that we we agreed on maybe like four or five of the eight first round series. Um, I think there, there was only one series that we had where we had like um, the same team, same same amount of games. Mm. Everything else um, now that we have a couple that we are like split on. Like so, even though that Ian is a Maple Leafs fan, like to the core, and he's just just going through it right now. He had the lightning winning in seven. So for betting purposes, he that set up. emo hedge if I've ever heard one. Yeah. Or even started. He had the emo hedge set up. So he had, he has that. Um, he also has, he also had the hurricanes beating the Bruins. I, you know, cause I had my third eye open. Mm-hmm. I had the Bruins winning in seven. So this is okay. exactly, this is exactly where I thought they were going to be. Um, and you, you know, we'll, we'll go through it a little bit later, but we are kind of tied right now. I think we, we each have, um, I actually, no, I think I might be up. No, we're tied. We're tied. We're, we're tied. We're tied because, so he was able to get an extra point because he picked the avalanche to sweep. I thought that was going to be a five game series. So right. he got that. However, I made it up because I said, I picked the blues to win the series and the blue and he had the wild. Yes, okay. and he had the wild. So I had the blues in the first round. So I think we're tied right now. And it's very funny that basically everything is going to come down to game seven uh, for the first round. So that that's going to be fun. And, you know, we're, we're going to get into all that stuff later. I want to start in the NBA because last night we had two game sixes. And I even want to go – I, I want to say the Celtics-Bucks talk because we're going to get to that when we talk about game seven. So I want to talk about the last two game sixes in terms of teams clinching to go to the conference finals. So you have – and we'll start with Warriors-Grizzlies last night. Warriors end up winning 110-96, close out the series. And it's – it's it's fun. Like I I I'm a Warriors like supporter. I'm a fan of them. Seth Curry's one of like he's my guy. But there was a little bit like different kind of energy. You know what I'm saying? Like in Chase Center last night. I'm not gonna say front runner, but like kind of. You know, like what yeah. what, what what did you see when you were watching the game? 
Yeah, I I don't know. I'm not super sold. I mean, I've been thinking for a little bit now. There's no real like great dominant team this year. It's just a lot of like really good teams. That's not like a slight. It's like these teams are all like really good. I don't think there's like a bad team. But for the Warriors, I don't know. Like they did it in game four also where they were down the whole game and they pull away late and uh, they're celebrating like they just won the series and everything. Then they go and – I mean, they essentially lose by, like, 50 to the Grizz. They benched everyone and made it look a little nice. They lost by 35, I think. Then game six also, like, kind of a really lackluster performance for a playoff game. Like, must win. You lose, you're going on the road to game seven. I get they buckled down at the end, but I don't know. They're, it, it's a weird vibe with them because they're not the same Warriors. It's a different team. They're pretty young outside of, like, the core, you know, I'd say four veterans, you know, you want to throw Looney in there. Besides that, it's a pretty new team. They're fun and stuff, but it was a weird vibe with them. I, I think that um, the the swagger, it like it feels a little unjustified, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, like a lot of trash talk and stuff against a Grizz team that like they're without their best player and they're playing really hard. I don't know. It was just a weird, weird taste in my mouth from that Warrior series. Really like unimpressive, I think, all around. Okay, here, here's what I'll say to that. Cause, so, one, I, I still have the Warriors in the finals. I think that they are still going to end up in, in the finals. Yeah, they, I, I mean, one, you know, you got four more games. So, and yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, just before, I still think the Warriors are finals contenders, but like that series, I was a little doubt. I, I thought they were a little overrated going into the series, and my concerns were a little justified, but we got to see who they're playing before I like. I, I will, I will say this. The, the Warriors, uh, and not that like it should it should matter off of these like two guys, but they did lose Gary Payton, who oh, ended yeah. who ended up being in the starting lineup. He's their best perimeter defender, and once you take him off there, and like you have to start putting Wiggins in that spot to guard Ja or to guard whoever, you know, on on the perimeter, you lose a little bit of of depth there. And even last night, like they didn't have Otto Porter who basically saved them in game four. Like he was the only one who decided that he was going to be a credible shooter. My, my thing with the Warriors, and I'm very, very curious because we've seen it one way and we've seen it another in the Denver series. We saw Steph Curry be Steph Curry, right? We saw Steph Curry be able to score 30 points in 25 minutes. The efficiency was there. You did not see that in this series against Memphis. And and my thing with the Warriors that I'm seeing right now is Steph is just not being Steph. He's it's, it's not looking the same. The defense is still there. They're still they're still like a great defensive team and they can make all the stops and they can be in in everything. But you need Steph to be the driving force because Clay is going to give you game six Clay and he's going to come in clutch whenever you need him. But he's also at this point going to have those two for 14 nights. Yeah. Jordan Poole is still a baby in this league. And I'm not going to depend on Jordan Poole to give me 30 every night. So, Steph, offensively, you have to be driving the bus. He hasn't necessarily done that. And it's a different thing when you're shooting 16 threes a night and you're making six or seven of them rather than going five of 16, four of 16 from three. That You know, like like we know Steph to be a 40% three-point shooter. He's been terrible these last couple games. I, I saw something like his true shooting percentage is at like 60% for the series. And that's just because he's been getting to the free throw line. Yeah. But it's, start, it's starting to feel very like 2019 James Harden-ish, if, if that if that makes sense. In terms of like the efficiency is falling off, but the volume from everywhere else is still there. So the true shooting. The, number, the it, numbers look good. Yeah, so the numbers don't look as bad. But that's that's my only concern about the Warriors. Is yeah. That, I, is that Steph isn't like MVP Steph. I think you make a really good point about the depth of the team and you know, the Otto Porter injury, it seems like he'll be fine long, long term. Yeah. I, maybe they set him out, sat him out precautionary. They say Gary Payne's going to get reevaluated in like a week or two. I, that would be pretty crazy if he came back, but that's kind of my thing with this Warriors depth. It's not the same team. It's there. You know, if you're what they call like the PTSD lineup or whatever, uh, you know, Clay's not the same defender anymore. And Steph, He's become like a fine defender, but Poole is lost on defense. Like the defense is kind of the big issue. I They could score, but when you look defensively, it's becoming kind of a concern. And, you know, we'll get into 
maybe with the Dallas Phoenix series, but if I had to say right now, if they played Phoenix, I like how they match up with Phoenix actually. And I would probably pick the Warriors. If it was Dallas, I kind of like Dallas to beat the Warriors. I think they actually match up really well with them. Uh, They won, I believe three or four games against the Warriors this season, Dallas. I just think, again, you know, Dallas has these, like, they have the Dorian Finney-Smith, the Reggie Bullocks. They they could kind of stick on to Curry and stuff like that, where the Warriors' defense, that can maybe taper off, and, you know, Luka can maybe just get real loose and kind of just have his way with that defense. So that's kind of how I would see it. But I think you make an excellent point about the depth of the Warriors. It's kind of yeah. being tested here, especially because, again, if Draymond's not going to – and we're going to get into it, but if Draymond's not going to look to score at all, like, that's a really big issue. As good as he is on defense – being a total zero on offense, like that is a big, big red flag. And, you know, you look at maybe potential Dallas series, that means you could keep a guy like Maxi Kleber on the floor and he could spread it out the other way. And all of a sudden the floor is open for Luka Doncic. You know, it becomes a really big issue for the Warriors, I think, defensively. So that's something to keep an eye on the Warriors depth, how Otto Porter's doing, Gary Payton and such. And also yeah. Andre Capello. Yeah. And and the, the Iggy point is real. I – I want to I want to go to that Draymond point mm-hmm. because so I I I agree I think at a, at a, at a certain point you have to at least look at the rim and at least keep the defense honest and excuse me and at least keep the defense honest in that sense. Somebody who also said that was was Kendrick Perkins and um, I don't know if you saw but so so Perkins had said that Draymond needs to that he hasn't been as aggressive as he was in the past, which I think both of us can agree like. That's that's very true. And Draymond goes post game, says, you know, starts name calling and calls Kendrick Perkins a um, (laughs) starts calling Kendrick Perkins like an ogre. And Perkins responds on Twitter and says, you not handsome or cute. And I've had a dime by my side before I had (laughs) Jerry West on my side. (laughs) So I don't know if there's anything that's like. There's no actual basketball in here. But if you had Draymond or, or Perk, who, who are you taking? In a fight or in a game? Both. Both. Let, let, fight definitely ask. Perk. Fight definitely. He's huge. He's like seven feet tall. He Six can't seven. move, though. He can't move. Like, if Draymond gives him one of, like, a little here, like, I feel like Kendrick Perkins. Is- I don't know. I'm going to go size in a fight. In a game, definitely Draymond. I, I'll, I'll say this. At least Draymond, like. He can't shoot anymore, but I feel like that's, like, maybe game shooting. Like, Perkins has never had, like, a touch. You know, like, Draymond at least, like, has, like, the ability to shoot. So, I'll, I'll take Draymond in one-on-one, but in a fight, in a ring, I'm going Perk. I, I'll tell you this. So, probably about a year ago to this to this point, I was um, I was, I was was back in Austin. I was graduating. It's grad week. And I go out to – I go out to lunch. And I go to this barbecue spot in Texas. And as I'm walking out – I, there's like a long line of people sitting in. As I'm walking out, there's Kendrick Perkins. Really? Sit, yeah, sitting down, getting ready to, to go into this barbecue spot. And I had to do a double take. And um, and so I was with, I was with my, my girlfriend's family and they, they don't follow basketball like that. And so I was like, I was like, do y'all know who, who that is? And it was like, no. And I was like, this NBA champion, Kendrick Perkins. And so I was, it was, it was cool to see him. But I, I look at Perk and I saw him. And just sitting down, I can tell. Oh yeah, he's washed. Like he, like he can't, he can't move. So, so I, I think that I think that Draymond has has a puncher's chance if he starts like, if he can get the 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 fight, you know, multiple areas, he could probably he could probably get Perkins. So like Perkins early, Draymond late in like a in a fight, like yeah. early round Perkins knockout, but maybe live bet Draymond yeah. after round like two. Yeah, that's okay. that's, exa- that's okay, exactly. I like that. I like that strategy. That's exactly where 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 we got to go. I want I want to go. There, there's another game that happened the day before that, um, with <clears throat> with the Heat and the Sixers, right? And James Harden looked terrible. Yeah, James well, Harden. Looked- saw that coming. <laughs> I I want you to give your James Harden manifesto right now because you have been saying it for months now, but. For him to take two shots in the second half of the of game yeah, six, yeah, that's crazy. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah, they traded Ben Simmons and got basically 
one with a beard, one with like a thicker beard. I, he didn't do anything. I mean, it was, it was really crazy because he hit a few threes in the first half. And I was like, okay, like those threes are actually kind of huge, kind of keep him in because Embiid can't shoot. And then the second half, just it was done. It was, it was a wrap. And, you know, I wish I could act surprised, but I, I can't. This is what this is what James Harden is anymore. He's not reliable. And I, I said to you before we jumped on, but like, I think the Sixers are in a really tough spot here. And they're going to, whether he opts in or not, James Harden's going to be on the Sixers long-term because there's no other options. And the Sixers don't have like a path to clearing up cap space. They don't have a path to really open up. Like, like you can't let James Harden just walk. You need to keep the asset. And Daryl Morey traded for James Harden to have him be part of the future of the team. And I think it's ultimately going to backfire. They, they, you know, the circling of assets and, you know, a lot of teams do this where they keep like kind of moving around the like similar chess pieces. This was like, they're all in push. They, they landed on James Harden. They said, this is going to be our guy. This is what we're going all in for to put him around Embiid. And it's going to backfire. I don't really believe like I've seen people like he needs a full off season to get his hamstring back in shape. Like, he had how, a flaw. How, how long? This is the longest hamstring injury I've ever seen in my entire life. He's had now almost a calendar year to get over this hamstring. He got like a month off in the middle of the year because he sat out the end of his Nets tenure. Then he gets traded. Then it's the all-star break. And then he's at like the first week or so with a hamstring injury. So like how much longer does this guy need? And like you're counting on a guy that, you know, hasn't ever really put in any sort of effort like at least on record to like really being committed to his body, not being in the club, you know, really taking this seriously. Like I see people like, well, Chris Paul did it. Well, like Chris Paul's like one of like the arguably the best ever and like went vegan. You're telling me James Harden's going vegan all of a sudden. Like I would be shocked if that happened. Sure. Like this guy's entering, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's year 14. He's going to be 33 when the season starts, give or take like a year or two. He's like, I looked, he's like, I think 115th in minutes played ever. Like, so he's quickly climbing the list there. Like you're not getting those miles back. They're done. Like it, he's not getting that burst back. So like, yeah, he's like a good player, but like he's going to get something close to a long-term max contract. Maybe he's not like the super max, but he's going to be on the Sixers roster for the long-term. And I actually think that if they're going to keep doc around also, I'm still not sold on that, but like Embiid might want out soon. I'm, t- I'm call. I would not be shocked if this year goes again. If they go back, they'll be fine. They'll win a bunch of games. But if it's another second round exit, like keep an eye on what Joel Embiid's gonna be thinking because this is the roster, and you're gonna bog down Tyrese Maxey. You have no other rooms to improvement because you know we get into the Tobias Harris thing. But yeah. this is who the Sixers are now, and I don't really see a lot of upside. There's only one person, or I guess there's two people who want James Harden to have to get the supermax. It's James Harden and it's Russell Westbrook. Because if, if start talk, stop talking about him, yes, because if James Harden gets the supermax, Russell Westbrook would no longer have the worst contract in the NBA, and it would be James Harden. I I saw the number; they were saying something close to like sixty million dollars yeah. at the end at the end of the of the supermax, like year five, he would be getting paid sixty million dollars. A thirty We'll say a 38. We even from right now, a 37-year-old James Harden is going to be a terrible basketball player. He's gonna be worse. He's gonna be worse than Russ now, probably. He is. He because is because of the way like they play. Like at least Russ, like, I mean, he was pretty terrible this year, but like at least he like plays hard. Like, you know, he like yeah, yeah, you're, you're, not, fake, you're not even gonna be play fake good. Like Harden's not gonna be fake good. When Harden's bad, he's like very bad now. You'll see it. You'll see it in in fantasy basketball because Westbrook can still go and get you and get you some some numbers on some nights. Harden is going to be one of the worst players in the NBA in five years. But and, I'm, t- I'm telling you, he's going to get a long term contract and people are like, sure, they, they shouldn't. Like, they he, should not. He, he will be on this roster. I mean, you can't let the asset walk. They they. Made but this is in two bad. years. He's going to opt into the deal this year, get forty-seven million, and so we're talking about we don't know like, that for sure, though. That's not a certainty. The open market. I don't think that there's any open market deal that's going to give James million fifty million dollars. I think this is his best chance to get the most money he can right now, and then try and work out an extension well, with they- Philly, and that's it. But I don't think he can go anywhere else and get fifty million dollars a year. 
I think well, that thankfully door is the shut. only guy that would pay him is currently his general manager and traded for him. So, <laughs> that's, that's also true. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I'm not going to be surprised if he gets a big old contract extension this year, just because I'm telling you this, like there's a reason why Maury went, they, I mean, you could go back and look at an idiot. Offers. That's why some of the offers for Ben Simmons were is, uh, you know, there was like the Halliburton, Buddy Heald. I mean, like that team might be in the finals if they got Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, and like a pick for Ben Simmons. Instead, they sacrificed um, some like their necessary bench players or role players like Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. And obviously Simmons wasn't going to play, but that's besides the point. I mean, they really – this was like they're all in move, and it seems – I think it's going to backfire. And, you know, you hear Embiid in the post-game press conference, if this, this – if this is what it's going to be like for the next several years. I could definitely see Embiid getting his way out of there. Yeah. It's, Embiid, it's, Embiid's a sneaky, uh, like, I want out guy. Like, we talk about, like, the Donovan Mitchells. It's a sneaky – Embiid's, like, a sneaky, sneaky, not this year, maybe next year. Okay. Okay. It's going to be very interesting to see how all this plays out in Philadelphia. Um, I want to move on to, to the NHL playoffs because as we were talking before, as we teased before, we have five game sevens across the next two days in, in the NHL. The first one is happening today. Bruins, Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are minus 135 favorites. The um, the Bruins are plus 115. The total is at six. That six goals. I, I said before the series that the Bruins are going to win in seven. I thought that they were going to have enough offense that they were experienced enough to figure out a way to win. And this is a series where they've come back 3-1 to put themselves in a position to win a game seven, which is exactly the type of experience and just, you know, wherewithal, championship grit, whatever you want to call it. I thought that they had it coming into the series. It's finally showing off. I, I, so clearly I'm going to go with the Bruins. I think they're going to complete the prophecy and I'm going to get an exact, an exact uh, That's prediction, a right? It is. I think if I can get this one, then I'll end up catching, catching Ian. I, I really need to get, um, cause I think I have a couple winners, but the games were just off. And yeah. I, I just, as you'll see here, I thought a lot of these games, I thought a lot of these series were going to be a lot shorter than what they were. And they've just drawn out. Um, yeah, well, I, I guess though so that's like the that's the rookie part of you, right? Like you're you're still getting like your so. your bearings with like an NHL playoffs. I mean, the margin, all these games are tight. All these, you know, the it feels like the margin for error is so thin. And you know, I love it that all the we got all these game sevens. I, uh, but I I guess we're gonna go game by game. But I bet every game seven under. So all five, <clears throat> all five of them, I have the under. Uh, game seven under since 2010, 20 nine 16 and six so nearly you know two to one you're talking in terms of unders to overs in game seven um you know i'm not like some nhl savant i don't really yeah look at it all that much outside the playoffs but you know obviously nerves are tight also like historically the refs let them play a lot in the in game sevens it's kind of like no penalties we're playing five on five the whole time so um overtimes of course you could kind of get like a smaller number so a lot of them are hanging around six, six and a half, five and a half. So I bet every game seven under in hopes of, uh, you know, hopefully going like that two to one payout. So that's where I am at on all these games. Okay. Okay. I, and I can, I can get behind it. The one place where I don't necessarily like see that. I don't see it in, in Kings Oilers. Okay. Um, well, yeah, because Edmonton's offense, of course. Yeah, Edmonton is straight offense. They're, they're minus 220. They are the – if let me check. Yes, so Edmonton, they are the biggest favorites in game seven. Yes. Right? They are, they are minus 220. Um, the the total in that game is six and a half. The over on the six and a half is is even money. I think that's going to be the one spot where you, can, where you can kind of expect a lot of goals. I think that's well, – that that's where you're gonna get the back and forth. I do think that the lightning and maple leaves, that that game is going to be very, very fun. Yeah, that's gonna be a great game. I, I think it's gonna be very, very fun. Shout to shout out to our guy Ian McMillan. So who, you have you have the Leafs winning Ian Emo Hedge and took the Lightning in seven, right? 
Yes. Okay. I I had the Leafs winning in game six. I was all in on them. I thought that they were not the same. That would have been a big one for you. It would have been huge. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And so, like, I felt like in a night, I felt all the pain that Maple Leafs fans had for (laughs) the last 50 years. It's Yeah, so I, I just think, like, it's hard, and what the Lightning are doing is it's very, very hard to three P in any sport is ridiculous, and and so I I really feel like the Leafs have an opportunity to knock off the, the champs. You've played a lot of hockey, you start seeing it, you know. I every time a team three peats, you kind of see in that third year the series get a little bit harder, the mm-hmm. regular season wins come down because they're just trying to get through it and trying to get to that very, very last series. I I know that the Leafs are favored. I kind of feel like they're the underdog and maybe that's yeah, just it feels like that too, right? Like yeah. it's, I kind of like I kind of like the Leafs. I I do I do too. I, I think everyone's like I I listen to Ian uh we did daily bets up yesterday mm-hmm. and he's like we stand no chance. I know he's like kind of like at the all like the pessimistic side but like I don't know man, like doesn't this all set up? Maybe I'm like looking at like too optimistic but like this team, you know, back-to-back champs. The Leafs can't – they've lost nine straight closeout games, like, at home. It has to end sometime. Yeah, like, you got to – like, this is, like, the perfect script to get off the shine. Like, there's not much separating these two teams. They're both very good. I don't it's, know. Exactly. I kind of like those. At least on, on the uh, – you know, when it comes to the odds, this has been, you know, the yeah. closest series. This series has, has basically been either, like, a pick or or, like, a little bit juiced up. On, on either side, every single game, like we're getting close to close to, you know, to like, like I said, like pick them numbers. So, yeah, I and again, the, the lightning won in overtime in the last game. These games are going down to the wire every single time. I I think that that Toronto should actually be optimistic this time. But I understand you have PTSD, you're scarred. You can't let yourself get there. I understand trauma. Right. I get it. So you just got to move on. What this, about? What about like game to go to overtime? Like just another barn burner. Probably get like what, like three to one on that. Let me see if they have it up. I win. Yeah. See, see what that is. Like I, I, I could see this game like going down to the wire again. I don't see it anywhere. But yeah, you could probably get some like crazy number on that. I kind of like game to goes to overtime. Maybe I'll take that for fun. I think. I think. I think another game where you can get that. Where you can get that in is Stars Flames. Okay. I think so. Scoring. That, that's the lowest total, five and a half. Yeah. And this has been one of, as he calls it, one of the most boring first round series ever. Cause both of these teams are very, very defensive minded. And so when you think about just the nature of, of game seven and that, you know, the refs are going to let them play, we've already had a 1 0 game in this series. I wouldn't be shocked if we had another 1 0 game, 2 1 yeah. game that goes into overtime. Like, the series hasn't necessarily opened up the way that um, that you would think. You know, eventually, eventually, like you have these two great defensive teams just going back and forth. Eventually, you think somebody makes a mistake, and you have you know one game where that shifts the series and it starts to open up. That hasn't necessarily happened. I I'm gonna go with the Flames in this one, and but I would I would not bet them on the on the goal line on the okay. line. Now the stars, they're a little bit juiced up at, at plus, uh, you know, plus one and a half. They're minus one sixty-five, so it's it's a little bit of juice. But I just don't see a way that anybody in this game gets up two goals. This that's just a lot of offense, and I just don't see it happening. Okay, and then I can see that. It's yeah, tight series. Yeah, and then the last the last game that, that we're gonna look at is Penguins Rangers. Rangers, another team, come back down from three one. And the Rangers have fixed their offense – or not, not their offense, excuse me. They fixed their defense because you have Shostakin in the back and he's going to stop everything. But you can't expect him to have like a game one performance where he has 80 saves every yeah, single I mean, night. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That's like – that's a generational game. Yeah. And it sucks that it was wasted in a, in a loss. But they fixed the defense. They are finally putting up a little bit resistance to Pittsburgh – Sidney Crosby is going to be out for this game as well. So you have a little less is offense. He confirmed for... out for this one too. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cros- yeah, they're, they're running out of bodies. Yeah. So if you're not going to have that that like offensive figure that's gonna that's gonna put a whole bunch of pressure on the Rangers defense. Listen, this is game seven, it's Madison Square Garden. 
you're gonna have you're gonna have the home crowd on your side. I I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Rangers. They were also my pick coming in, into the series. I had them in six. So listen, let's just get it done. And I listen next week. Next week, whenever we come back, I will let you know exactly how this whole thing plays out. Because this is gonna be a stressful. If I can get because uh, Ian and I. Ian and I are going to do the, the rookie and vet thing for the entire playoffs. Yeah. If I can get a lot of points and maybe even go into round two with the lead, uh, we're, we're here. We're here. Now you got, now you like know what it's all about now. You yeah. know, like, I've seen go a little bit longer on the series. You got it. You know, you've kind of seen it a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, listen, I, I have my, I have my toe in the water right now. I'm ready to jump in. I'm ready to, <laughs> to dive in. If, if we can get to round two, in a very solid spot, we can we can get there. And yeah. So I, I'm I'm ready to, to give the update. Hopefully everything goes well. Yeah, I uh I took the Rangers before the series at like minus 120. I thought that was done, obviously. And then yeah. you know, back to back comeback performances from the Rangers. Now I'm feeling pretty good. Obviously, like I have a better number than this money line. So I'm hoping the Rangers uh could come through for me. I also have my hurricanes future, so I'm against you today but you know at least you get one of us gets to win i guess yeah. that's well well not not even because you still have two more rounds to to get through yeah just, but just to, just to get to, to the cup so yeah, it's either- I, I so it would be the winner of the hurricane series plays the winner of the ranger series right yes i like whoever wins the hurricanes bruins game I like them over the winner of the Rangers paying. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. in any no, matchup, no, I, I like the, the team coming out of Carolina, Boston. I, that's, that's fair. And I think I'll probably bet that like series price. Also. I, and I need to check my, uh, my bracket, but I honestly think that we might be on the same page. Cause I think I have Boston going to the conference finals. And I also um, like whoever the Leafs, whoever wins the Leafs lightning game. The, I the, like the them cup. to beat Florida. Like for sure. That's, yes. We're, we're on, we're on the same page. Yeah, same either page. way. I, I like – so, like, I, I like my final four – there's too many teams left. But, yeah, that that's talking hockey with Reed. Yeah, exa- exactly. Listen, that's been Donovan and Reed. We've done that <laughs> hockey. We're going to move on to, to – talk about stuff we don't like talking about, like basketball. Yeah, we're going to move on to these game sevens on Sunday in the NBA. So, first game is Bucks celtics at 3.30 Eastern – going to be in Boston. Celtics are minus are, are minus five. I think that that's a, a bit high. Considering how all these games have played out, I know they're at home and I know it's like game seven. I think being a five-point favorite is a little bit too much for, for Boston in this in this spot. I, I, I don't understand. And listen, to Boston's credit, they've, they've won the games that they have won. However, the first game that they win, they shoot 65% from three in the first half. Just unreal shooting. The second the second game they win, Al Horford literally has the best playoff game he's ever had in his life. And they were then down in, double digits. Going yeah. Into the fourth or like yeah. Nine. And Al Horford just says, like, I'm a superstar. So I'm just going to – he says, hop on my back. I'm going to take us there. That happens in game four. Game, game six, once again – Jason Tatum has the second most points by a Celtic in an elimination game. He scores 46. So I, I want to give Boston credit because they've done everything that they've had to do to get to this point. And now it's in a one game scenario. Anything can happen. I just think that like, I just think that Milwaukee, Milwaukee has put themselves in a position to, to win. And if it hasn't been for like, unreal performances that if Boston's not getting an all-time performance from somebody, they're not going to win. And I don't think that you can bank on an all-time performance in a game seven, especially in a series that's been this, this like physical and just so much of a rock fight. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think Boston's offense has been better like process wise, but like, again, it's like, are they going to go nuts from three? Like I thought, you know, watching the first half last night, I thought that Milwaukee was going to come back and win because Boston was shooting so nuts from three. They have more weapons. The Bucks obviously missed Middleton, but again, it like the Bucks have the best player on the floor in a game seven, and we're 
we're going to talk about in the Dallas series, you know, I just – it feels like Milwaukee – I don't know. It's really tough. There's not much separating these teams. That's why I lean Milwaukee with the points. I think you're going to get another barn burner. Um, I just kind of lean with the team with the better player. I think that, you know, like you said, you need Al Horford to have a playoff career high. You need Jason Tatum to go for 46. Like, a lot of – like, people talk about how Milwaukee pulled game five out of their uh, out of their hats. But, like, Boston had no business winning game four. So, like, no. yeah. we just, like – we're just going to overlook that one. <laughs> we're just going to know. Like, to me, especially in the first half, Boston, they were just – hoisting from three and they were going in but like if they ended up getting a little loose in the second half but like Milwaukee at least like they're getting to the line a little bit more they're getting inside like Giannis getting to the rim it feels like he's kind of wearing out that Boston defense a little bit whereas on the other end Boston's kind of like all right well hopefully these shots go in like it's like they're kind of they're playing a more dicey game like listen Boston come out and shoot 60 percent from three again and win like that's kind of how this goes right but like to me it seems a little like the faucet's going to run out on Boston's three-point shooting. I think that's kind of what's kept the Boston in this series the whole time. I don't know. Like, Marcus Smart shot, like, four or five from three in the first half. Like, is that going to happen? Like, it's game seven. It's going to be tight. I bet the under, shocker. I bet the under in the other game, too, shocker. That one's down, like, five points from the open. Uh, I think you're getting 1975-style basketball. I don't <laughs> think either team cracks 100. I think, ultimately, it's going to, like, listen, I just watched – Last year, this like the Nets play the Bucks in a game seven. I was at the game, it was miserable. Uh, and it was really tight. Like, these teams are really like it, it. There's a lot of parallels, I think, between the two series from last year and this year. Maybe not like the same style, but like in terms of like that, like everyone keeps saying, like, this feels like the finals. That's what it felt like to me last year as a Nets fan watching mm-hmm. Bucks Nets. So, like, it does feel like this is kind of it. And it's going to be war. It's going to be tight. You're not going to see much separation. And, like, it's going to come down to who's, who makes a few more shots. And I just trust Giannis to go get a few timely buckets and win this one. Yeah. And I, I was – Pat Connaughton. Guys have been playing lights out the last few games. Listen, listen. Also, sick Grayson Allen. What are they doing? He's awful. And he's been awful. What are they doing? <laughs> like, listen, so, so, so – pretty last night. So, so many, so many reactions to, to what you just said. One – the Marcus Smart point is very, very fair. He started off four for four. Tatum started off four for four from three. Like, like if that happens, you're gonna lose. Like, you know, what exactly. You, like, what are you gonna exactly. do? Like, it's a major league. You know, you, what you just is. have to, yeah, yeah. You just have to have to throw your hands up. So that that's one. Two in terms of like Giannis wearing out the defense. If they keep calling these cheap charges on on Grant, if I see Grant Williams. And You're Marcus saying Smart blocking fouls. Block. Like they're they blocking. are blocking fouls. Yeah. They're either blocking fouls or no calls, right? Because one, they're both moving, getting they're not they're not set. They're both moving at the same time. And also on top of that, Giannis is actively like sliding away from them, right? And once again, they are moving, they are they are not set. And so it's either a it's either a blocking foul or a no call, and I think that in Game Seven you're going to get a lot more no calls. I agree. And so and so just like you said, I think this game is going to be under 100. There's that. Pat Connaughton, I bet him over 11 and a half points yesterday. He is money. He's the only role player who's been yep. like consistent and who is coming in. He hits all the big shots. He has like he hits, he hits like bombs too. And it's, the cra- and it's the crazy one eight. where he catches here and he doesn't even get the full shot up. Yeah. And he just it's right there. It's like an old man three. So Pat Connaughton, shout out he's to a, you. Do, he's you're a doing sneaky, the job. Like really clutch player for them, especially when you're looking at like who else is in like that like wing rotation. When Drew Holiday is going five of twenty two and just putting up terrible threes. Yeah, Pat yeah, Drew, Drew's not built for like the Middleton usage rate. He's just not built for it. No. And then your last point, Grayson Allen. He needs to be cut. Uh, like <laughs> he is so bad. Like I I'm watching him, and it's it's to the point where I'm like, obviously Allen's a better shooter, but I'm looking at him in this series, and I'm like, are you better than the Nasses? Like you are not good right now. I have no. If he's idea not making you're... threes. There's no reason for him to be out there. There's no just idea. straight up none. And so that's why you're seeing you're seeing Milwaukee go to George Hill because. At least George Hill has experience, right? Maybe he's learned from you know, maybe he's learned from 2017. He hit a free throw down the stretch, but like 
Yeah, that's the only that's the only way that you can go because Grayson Allen's giving you nothing. So I, but yeah, I think I think we're pretty much in agreement on a lot of the stuff in Bucks Celtics. So I'm taking the Bucks to win the game. I'm assuming you are as well. Yeah, but like it's not. I'm not like confident. Yeah. Like, at it. Like, so it, so, like, so you would take the points rather than rather yes, than I would take line. the points. I like the under a lot. I I'll say like if I had to pick a winner, I will go with the Bucks because like it doesn't seem like home court is that important. Each team has won on the opposite team's court twice twice now. Yeah. So. Twice. Uh, Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Each team has won on the road twice. Like, again, I don't see home court meeting as much in this series as much as others, which we're going to get into in a sec. But like, I'll just go with the better player. Yeah. Like, Giannis. I think he just, I think he's hit a level. And listen, if the Celtics win, like, tip my cap. You know, like, I'll, I'll side with the Bucs, though. Okay. Now, a series where home court has meant absolutely everything. Has been Maverick Suns. We've seen the Mavericks at home be a competent basketball team, and we've seen them go on the road into Phoenix three times and get the doors blown off every single time. We now we now have a game seven from the footprint center. Suns are a six-point favorite. Once again, back at home where where home court has been everything. Do the Mavs have a chance in this game seven and where are you leaning? I definitely think they have a chance. I think they're definitely outmanned, but it's game seven and you have the best player in the series. So like you can't really ask for much more. It's similar to the bucks, not handicap. It's a little bit different than that, but like it's going to be game seven. So it's going to be tight. The Suns are starting to look a little worn down. I, maybe it's just the home road splits that have just been so impactful in this series, but like, if you're the Mavs, this is all you could ask for, right? Get it to a game seven and hope Luca could just go off for one game. He's been ice cold from three. Maybe he could get loose from three and hit like five or six threes. I, if Chris Paul is going to play like Chris Paul has played since game two, so that's now four, four games in a row. He's been real quiet. Uh, I, I lean Dallas. I also like the under here too, but I, I lean Dallas. I think, again, I'm not confident. If Phoenix won by 20, it wouldn't surprise me. But, like, Dallas is – at least Dallas, it seems like they have their identity figured out. Phoenix looks a little bit shakier. And maybe I'm overreacting to that game six blowout, but I don't know, man. It's one game, and you have the best player. So, like, it's – you can't confidently, I think, take Phoenix here. I – Or is Phoenix just going to say, okay, we're the better team. We're, we're back at home. We're going to feed off it. Like – that's the thing. That's the thing. I don't. I don't know. So I'm, I'm leaning. I'm leaning with you while, though. While we're talking, I'm gonna look something up. You got okay. It. I'm. I'm leaning with you though. I'm taking Dallas in this game. I think Dallas advances to the Western Conference Finals. Now, I do think it'll be um, the the total in this game is at two hundred five and a half. Just dropping like a brick. Yes. I, however, I'm I'm gonna go the opposite side of you. I'm gonna take the over in this one. I think that Phoenix, I think that one Phoenix would be better offensively at home. And so I think that they break a hundred at home. Dallas, I have them winning the, the, the game. So I think that, that, you know, this game has a very, very good chance of, of hitting the over at, at 205. Luca, I, I think this game comes down to Luca hitting threes early. Yeah. If because he's gotten into a rhythm and it's it's honestly so annoying because they've been they've been matchup hunting with the with the screens and he's been getting Aiden on the wing on either side and has been settling for step back threes the entire series. And those are just not falling right now. I think if he can get two of those early and maybe force Aiden to come up just a little bit more so that he can start to drive and kick, and now we're playing five on four below the free throw line. I think that's kind of the the way to go, but I'm not I'm not sure. Like, is is Jay Crowder? What what is Jay Crowder gonna do? Because he's kind of Jay Crowder is like yeah, he's been on both the sides. Players gonna have to step step up. Yes, and so like if I look at, at Jay Crowder's numbers for for this series, he's actually been kind of consistent. But the last two games. He said he had three points, one for six shooting, one for five from three. And then in, in game six, he had nine points, two of four shooting, one of one from three. 
So are we getting the Jay Crowder of the last two games? Because if they get that, if they get that, I don't, I don't see them, I don't see them winning because this game is already going to be close. And the way that the Suns play, they are very, very invested in team ball. And so Jay Crowder is going to get the looks at the end of the game. He's go- he's going to get a shot and he's going to have to make it. If we're not getting a good Jay Crowder, they're not going to get that done. And also I'm with you. I just think having the best player in a one game scenario, it makes a world, it makes a world of a difference. Can't ask for much more. Um, just some like game seven nuggets. Uh, since 2015, uh, home teams are 12 and seven in game seven. So maybe a little bit lower than you would think. Um, I think I saw a stat. They were closer to like uh, 75% all time. So it seems like recently that number has been a little bit diminished. Um, but big favorites, uh, favorites of six or more, they're 19 and three um, all time. Uh, straight up or against the spread straight up uh shout out matt moore from the action network i saw he tweeted that yesterday but um so big favorites have typically they've held serve but in recent cases um you know it hasn't mattered as much that you know the home team has been uh the favorite and you know expected to win so again it's a one game scenario i think you know you're gonna see a lot of variance a lot of three-point shooting if it comes down late, like Phoenix has been the best clutch performance team in the league this year. So maybe Chris Paul and Devin Booker just take over late. You know, I, I think I said to you a few, like two weeks ago, probably before the series, I said, if this is going to be a tight series, like Dallas' late game offense concerns you with like Luka stepbacks. But like, I do think game seven is a little bit different. And I think Luka is by far the best player in this series. So again, I'm not confident. I'll go Dallas wins. So I'll, I'll I guess I'll take both road teams. Maybe I'll go one and one, but I, I could definitely see Dallas hanging around this game. Again, it's one game. So like they got what they asked for. And like the way Dallas plays with a lot of three point shooting, like there's a lot of variance in their game. So like I could see a crazy result in Dallas wins uh, with Luca going off. Yeah. Like you said, if Luca gets hot from three early, like Phoenix might be in some like real trouble. They, they might yeah. be, you know, because it's all variance and like Phoenix go cold from three. I see teams all the time go cold from three in game seven. Like think about that Houston series where they went, what was it? Uh, 27, 27, 27. They missed 27. That that could happen to anyone. It could literally happen to anyone. No, 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 no. That can only happen. That can only happen to a James Harden led team. That's the only, that's the only over 27 is ridiculous. But like, especially with the way Dallas plays, if Dallas gets hot from three and Phoenix hits a cold streak, you know, they go down 10 early, like, Oh yeah, you, listen. They can hit a cold streak. Yeah. They're not gonna. They're not, not gonna not miss twenty seven straight two, threes. Two That's for ridiculous. fifteen. Two for fifteen. Okay. Okay. That could also happen in Boston. We were just talking about like it's the three point variance. That unfortunately, like we're trying to like predict a game and like it's pretty much gonna come down to who hits more threes and who goes cold. That's probably how it's gonna go. Yeah. If 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 we get to if we get to like you know the second half, I'm curious. I'm curious how these things are going to play out. I want to see how Aiton is going to play. If Aiton's offensive is going to be like the dominant force in this game, because if he's going like Dallas really doesn't have anything for Aiton if he decides to to get going. Like Cleaver can't do anything if they're trying to go small and outshoot them. Like Finney Smith can't guard him down low. So that that's that's going to be very interesting um, to done. see. Yeah. All right. Let's let's wrap this thing up. We have best bets going on right now. I will I will give my second. Who is what is your best bet? Not not just you know in the NBA, not just in the NHL, but just for today for this weekend. Where's your where's your best bet landing? Yeah, uh, big underdog in the UFC tonight. Finally got off my little cold streak. I was on a real cooler in the UFC, but I had a good pay per view week last week, so I'll try and put it together again this week but i'm gonna go luis smoka he's plus 245 massive underdog uh i don't really know why i think this fight's more of like a coin flip uh saying davy grant who's lost his last two by decision smoka got knocked down the first round his last time out but these two guys they, they they're like all finish they're, there's gonna be a violent finish here 26 of 30 fights 30 wins combined all by finish uh Smoke is a better grappler. You could win by submission. I actually think that's the most likely outcome. 
Grant has like eight eight of 13 wins. I'm pretty sure I'm doing this all the time I had, but pretty sure it's eight of 13 wins by submission. But the last one came in 2013. So kind of like an overrated narrative that Grant has like some grappling upside. So I like Smoke as a big underdog. I think there's going to be a finish. So I'll take I'll take a shot on the big dog. Okay. Okay. We got some UFC action got? for tonight. My best bet is I'm betting on myself. We're gonna go. Okay. These, okay. We're betting on myself. Love it. We're gonna we're gonna sprinkle this this little parlay together of Bruins, Leafs, Oilers, Rangers, and those those are the those are the four games that I am most confident in. And we're staying away from Calgary, like you said. You think that one's yeah. gonna be tight? You have no interest. Yeah, because I thought that this series was going to be like four game sweep. I thought Calgary was gonna. Get get rid of Dallas very very easily. They have proved me wrong. I I I, I now see that I know nothing about this series, so I'm staying away. Okay, but that's smart. but these are the four games that I feel the most confident about. I'm gonna bet on myself to come in, steal every last point that I can, and beat Ian in the rookie versus the vet challenge. And so I have not put it together. I don't know what the odds are right now. I, I got I, you. Okay, plus seven ninety nine at win bet. So near I'm eight to one it. payout. I'm with it. So if you want to, you want to tell big payout for this weekend. I got you. So that is that is my best bet. I'm gonna bet on myself. This has been betting breakfast, right? Don't forget Saturdays and, and Sundays, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. Tomorrow we have Ben Heisler, Peter Dewey on. They're gonna take you through some more. Game seven stuff, probably recap a whole bunch of the hockey stuff that's going on. And also, don't forget, Monday through Friday, we do daily bet slips starting at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central Time. Listen, that is that's kind of like our, you know, our daily dinner that, that yeah. we like to that, that we like to prepare for you guys, give you guys all, all the bets that we're playing for that night, go through a very fun rundown. So until then, right, tomorrow, Ben and Peter. But until then, may all your bets hit and hope everything goes well. Let's go.